The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Got plenty of news to get to on today's show. Going to get you caught up on everything you need to know from across the National Football League. We've also got some fresh Super Bowl NFL Reacts polls. I don't know how much analysis we can really offer when it comes to the Pro Bowl, but we'll give it our best shot at some point in the show. So let me welcome in Kate Magic of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. And where I want to start, the Miami Dolphins, New Orleans Saints, and Houston Texans are the last three remaining NFL head coaching positions that are open at the moment. Uh, it sounds like Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is getting a look from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Brian Flores is reportedly still considered as a finalist for the Houston Texans, though it sounds like they're leaning closer and closer to Josh McCown and the Dolphins still have several interviews lined up as they try to figure out who they want to be their next head coach. I'm curious how you guys feel about this, but these last three head coaching openings as, as we're seeing these dominoes kind of fall across the NFL None of them really seem like good jobs, in my opinion. <laughs> like the Dolphins, they've got some young talent. You know, Jalen Waddle, we're excited about. We still have our questions about Tua. Saints have to be in total rebuild mode, and Sean Payton certainly didn't leave them in a good situation. And the Houston Texans are just kind of a dumpster fire. So I know that you got to take the job if you become a candidate for the job and it's offered to you because it's the NFL and there's not very many of these jobs, but all of these seem like they're bad jobs right now. Yeah. I, I mean, like uh, we get to the point, you know, where, where you just need to take a job. Like if you're, if you're searching for a job um, you need to take the job, but all of these uh, situations I think are less than ideal. Like you don't want to be the coach that takes over these situations because it kind of feels like you're setting yourself up for failure a bit. Uh, and it's not necessarily due to, um, you know, like the, the players on the team and the, the, you know, the rosters you have, even the dolphins, I think they've got plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, but 
obviously the situation with Brian Flores. That brings up so many questions about what you'd be stepping into uh, as far as your leadership there. Um, the Saints, their cap situation, like Sean Payton really did just not leave them in a good spot. It was kind of like once Drew Brees was out, he's like, yeah, I, I don't know what what we're going to do with this anymore. Jameis Winston almost gave them a glimmer of hope, but now you have Taysom Hill's contract just staring you down. And then the Texans, like it, it's kind of interesting. I think that uh, Brian Flores is even in the conversation for the Texans, given the concerns uh, that we had with the Dolphins and uh, given the concerns we've seen in the past regarding um, race as an issue with Texans leadership. Like this, it's all of these teams are a disaster. It's kind of like nose goes like, that's, I feel like, how uh, folks are going to be deciding uh, whether they take these jobs. Like, just nose goes. It's funny because Dan Quinn tapped out right after the, the uh, Denver gig, right? Denver went to Hackett, and he was like, all right, see you guys next year. <laughs> and we, we saw that last season, but it was only when, what was it, the the Chargers job and – I think the Eagles or not the Chargers job, the, the uh, Eagles job and the Texans job were still open where Dayball was like, all right, I'm headed back to Buffalo. I, I could find something better than this next year. <laughs> um, New Orleans is weird just because of like ownership and stuff like that. And they, they don't have a lot of money. So frankly, whoever has power there in New Orleans is going to have a ton of power. It just becomes like, are you ready for that kind of, role where you're not only I mean Sean Payton functionally was kind of general manager too in terms of assisting on on player evaluations and stuff because the Benson family was having people that were running the Pelicans also run you know the Saints which is like you never see that in pro sports you know in in 2022 um the Texans situation I think is interesting because it seems like all the local reporting is like, yeah, Josh McCown is going to be the guy. And then it's like three days later and he still hasn't been named head coach. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's like a Jacksonville type of situation or what. Miami seems like they just only hired guys who were like, yeah, we can fix Tua. It was all young offensive coordinators. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, Mike McDaniel was a guy that like we weren't even really talking about until probably like two months ago, I would say. And now he's getting, you know, a head, a head coach and look seems like a pretty fast rise. Um, always kind of hard to evaluate like a non play calling offensive coordinator than jumping up to a head coaching role. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, Miami is the most interesting one to me because they do have talent, but they have a very unique situation where it seems like the ownership is willing to make every excuse possible for Tua. And then they've spent draft picks on that offensive line, but the picks are bad. Like they haven't been performing well. So now like they're under contract for like three, three more years. Like, what do you do there? You can't just cut bait with them. So you're going to have some bad offensive line players for a while with Tua, despite, you know, the team being very talented after, you know, a, a tank attempt. So I think that's the most interesting one um, outside of just like, Easter B. McCown, what does that look like? Like, goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's going to look terrible. Uh, and then, you know, you still have the question marks with Deshaun Watson, and you right. got to assume he's not going to be the Texans quarterback next year. So, I, I mean, that just seems like 
there's nothing you could do to turn that thing around here quickly for the Houston Texans. And like, as far as the saints go, it's yeah. Sean Payton left them in total cap hell on his way out the door. And now you just got to start offloading salaries. And so, you know, I want Eric Bieniemy to get a head coaching job because I think he's got the resume for it and him getting a look in new Orleans, I think maybe might be the best situation because I would assume if you hire a new head coach in new Orleans and they have kind of the same approach that they had with Sean Payton, which is just like Sean can just handle everything. Like just let Sean run the business and we don't, we don't really care what he does, which is how they found themselves in this terrible cap situation. But it might be the best situation where a new head coach should come in and say, okay, we got to tear this thing all the way down, totally restart and actually like get time, you know, and and actually have like a base of like, I need three seasons. Like I need three seasons to turn this thing around because Sean Payton did not leave us in good shape. So if Eric Bieniemy gets a job, hopefully it's a New Orleans job. I, I feel like at least that one, he might have a chance to to actually get a, a time frame to actually rebuild the entire roster. Um, real quick, is is quitting having a moment? So we got Sean Payton, right? Capel, he's like, I'm out. The Patriots, when they started, you know, getting into cap trouble, Tom Brady just dipped. Tampa <laughs> no longer could retain the team. Tom Brady dips again. He retires. Um, I'm missing another. Oh, the uh, the Steelers have been pushing back, you know, Ben's salary and stuff like that for years. Ben retires. Colbert, the general manager, is like, see ya. So, I mean, is this just what the league is right now? Like, Sean McVay, 100%. I, I, I know there's a Super Bowl to be played. But Sean McVay, once all this, like, hey, we traded all our first-round picks for an entire decade. We leveraged the entire franchise so that we could get Vaughn Miller and, and Matthew Stafford on the books, despite having all these pro bowlers already. You know, we traded for Jalen Ramsey, all that. Sean Payton, or Sean McVay is definitely going to, like, just retire like once the cap hits start coming in and he's just going to do like Monday night football. And I don't blame any of these coaches. Like if you're Sean Payton and you walk away and you're like, yeah, we had a good 10 year run. Um, you know, we, I'm going to avoid cap hell because what I'm not going to do is go through another rebuild and I'm going to pick my next spot. I don't think it's a bad strategy, but like we're now in an NFL where like head coaches and, and, you know, general managers are able to call their shots. Yeah. I think it's these guys just so make so much money now that I think especially like when you get a little bit older into that stage of your career, it's a lot easier to walk away because like Sean Payton, he's got the terrible Netflix movie uh, with Kevin James. Like I'm sure Sean Payton got a fat paycheck for that. And Sean Payton could just yeah walk to the nearest television studio and get a gig just you know breaking down games or whatever on espn or, or one of these pregame shows for cbs or fox or whatever and that's what all these guys look at now is just oh i can just go get a tv gig and not work nearly as hard as i have to yeah so work three days a week instead of yeah grind 80 hours and like you know mcveigh i i agree with you on mcveigh because i i know he's young and it, we, you would think that he's still got a lot of coaching left in him but if he got offered Monday night football, like the paycheck that comes with that makes it a lot easier to just say, I don't have to do this all the time anymore. I could go work one day a week and collect a huge paycheck and be the face of like ESPN national football. So, and you get an off season, you get yeah. to survive, you get to breathe. I mean, people forget like right now, right? We just had shrine game practices. We just had senior bowl practices. I think Flores 
when he was doing some of these interviews, you know, was in Vegas, then had to fly out to New York to kind of do uh, the, the morning show circuit and stuff like that. It's not like the season has ended for these coaches. Like they're still out here grinding um, and all that. So, yeah, I mean, family wise, you know, we saw Brady talk about family and stuff like that. And I don't know. It's very tough to be a head coach at the, you know, in the NFL. It's very time consuming. So I don't blame anyone who's like, peace. I'm leaving for the TV check. It's so much easier. And it's just as big. It's a, a day and a half after the Chiefs loss to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. They signed 13 players to futures contracts. Like, just waited absolutely no time at all. And, and that's the way the stuff operates because the NFL draft all of a sudden is not that far away. So now everybody's got to start gearing up to make sure that they're good and they know who they want to select in the upcoming draft. And we've got free agency coming up and like, it, it just doesn't stop for these guys. So yeah, I don't blame them for wanting to take a little bit of a break. Uh, a, a coach who did take a break, Doug Peterson sat out for a year after leaving the Philadelphia Eagles. It was announced late Thursday night. He is going to be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags turned this coaching search into a dumpster fire, uh, for two weeks, it was being reported that it seemed like Byron Leftwich was a lock to be their new head coach, a uh, young offensive minded head coach who could do a lot of things for Trevor Lawrence. But the Jags, for some reason, refused to move on from Trent Baalke, who is one of the worst general managers in football. Uh, just countless, countless stories of him being extremely difficult to work with. And we saw what a dumpster fire the Jags were last year with Urban Meyer. Now Doug Peterson comes in because he was like, whatever, give me Trent Baalke. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll take this job. I'm fine with it. But he does seem like he could be a, a good fit for Trevor Lawrence, like at least more stable and a guy who's won a Super Bowl and been successful in the NFL. Like it does seem like he's a, a strong hire for your young franchise quarterback, but I, I still feel like Jacksonville kind of fumbled this thing by refusing to move on from Trent Baalke. When Garofalo is out here talking about Trent Baalke's in the meetings and Shad Khan is interviewing these guys saying, hey, do you does Trent Baalke need to be fired for you to take this head coaching job? That's a very weird situation. Mind you, this is Trent Baalke who ran off uh, John Har- or Jim Harbaugh, who had one of the best winning percentages, you know, when he left, uh, you know, the NFL for, for college football. Um, these are the last five years under Trent Baalke. Jim Harbaugh fired, Jim Tom Sula fired, Chip Kelly fired, Doug Marone fired, Urban Meyer fired. So, man, I feel I kind of feel bad for Peterson. I, I think he is a good hire. Um, for you know, as as messy as this uh hiring process has been, I think he's gonna do a solid job there. But Doug Peterson just got over a political battle with Howie Roseman that ended with him basically throwing the last game of the season by putting in Nate Sudfield on Sunday night football for everyone to watch and everyone being like, what the hell is going on here? Um, so now he, he had to jump th- through those hoops, waited out a year. And now it's just rip roaring, ready to go. You know, uh political battle with Trent Baalke coming in day one. The other thing too, is uh, Spielman, the former general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, Seems like he's going to take like an EVP job with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, which is like even higher up than what Balky's going to do. Um, so to be determined, I guess, on the political battle, because Spielman's in there, you know, Peterson's there. 
I, I don't know how many friends Balky has left in that organization other than just being around Shad Khan and Shad Khan kind of not knowing how to run a franchise. So defaulting to him. I just well, I think understand. one more losing season and and that I, I feel like has to be the end of the rope because how long how long is the rope? Um, I don't think it could be any longer. I think we're at the end of that. But I mean, honestly, I think Doug Peterson, like it, not a, a sexy hire by any means, but um, is a coach that I, hey, we we saw them win the 2017 Super Bowl uh, in his you know quarterback's second season. I know it was Nick Foles that that put that team on their back, but. Um, we have seen like some some promising moments from Doug Peterson. I'm not going to write him off just yet um, because the caliber of talent of, of players on the offense, despite of the uh, in spite of the dysfunction uh, on the back end, like there's a lot of talent in Jacksonville. It's going to be about how Doug Peterson pieces things together. I'm going to be honest. I totally forgot that Chip Kelly coached for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> like that, that it was, was never, bad. It was, there bad. was a season where Chip Kelly was actually the head coach of that football team. Totally forgot about that. He, he loves the college guys, right? Is what this comes down to. He's like, hey, give me the college dude. Give me the dummy. I mean, he hired Tom Sula, fired him after a, after a year. Chip Kelly after a year. Urban Meyer after a year. Balky is going to like lead the league in hiring guys that he ends up canning after one season. I can't imagine any other general manager in NFL history has three under his belt, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's why if they do keep bulky, they're, they're convincing themselves. Well, you know, Peterson's an NFL guy. He's got a track record of success, so we can make it work with, with Trent bulky this time around, but he used to be a high school coach, like fairly recently. I know Peterson played in the NFL and stuff like that, but it's not like he has a ton of experience. I think, he is a very talented guy. He does a bunch of RPO stuff. I mean, really, that Clemson offense with Trevor Lawrence was a lot more high schooly than it was like college football, even, which is why I think the learning curve has kind of gone up despite, you know, his talent. Um, so I think all that stuff is going to help him. I just, man, Balky just seems like a snake, man. That That's the type of dude, like, every day he's in the facility, he's only doing doing stuff worse. To, to entrench his own job security, you know, at, at the, I guess, uh, risk of the rest of the franchise. Guys, we've talked way too long about the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I think uh, we can summarize this discussion in case anybody hit the, the fast forward because they were like, we cannot listen to this much Jacksonville Jaguars talk. Um, the long version or the short version is that um, Justice, you're like the biggest bulky fan ever. Is that <laughs> are we balky boys hashtag balky boys oh god yeah I, I think that should be the name of this podcast <laughs> on here on nfl reacts all we want is for trevor lawrence to have a chance we just want to see yes. what what trevor looks like if he's actually given an opportunity in the nfl to succeed so yes that's a, that's all we have to say about the jacksonville Jaguars. The Minnesota Vikings reportedly are expected to hire Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. I don't understand what happened here with Jim Harbaugh. It seemed like he was locked in for the Minnesota Vikings job. He flew to Minnesota earlier this week and met with them for nine hours and then called Michigan and said, I'm coming back. I'm never going to do this again. I promise. And then, 
30 minutes later, it was announced they were going to hire Rams offensive coordinator. So I, I think that Harbaugh, like I, I th- would like to see him come back to the NFL. I, I think he's a good coach. Like, was this a case of Harbaugh just being kind of a weird dude and, and like rubbing the Minnesota brass wrong or something? That's what I the don't know. It says. seemed like things were so wrapped up, like in this nice bow. Um, and then it, like the whole comments that he made afterward, like uh, it seemed like I was more interested in them than they were in me. Like, it sounds like an awkward um, like interaction from a high school dance, not a professional job interview. I I'm kind of confused as to how this all went down, but I have to imagine uh, Michigan's pretty happy. It sounded like all the reporting. So leading up to the interview was basically like, as long as Harbaugh doesn't mess up this interview, this job is his. And for some reason, you know, he treated it as such because you hear all the reporting after the interview and it's basically like, yeah, he didn't prepare. He basically walked in and thought he had the job and we had a nine hour interview and we weren't very impressed with him. So we ended up going in a different direction. So it sounds more like Harbaugh messed this up. And I know, you know, it's it's tough to be the head coach of, you know, Michigan on National Signing Day and also have time to prepare for an NFL interview and all that stuff. But uh, sounds like uh, Harbaugh really screwed the pooch on this one. And uh, I, I'd be surprised if Harbaugh didn't try to go back to the NFL. It really does seem like he wants to go. And Michigan isn't holding this against him for, for taking NFL looks and stuff like that either. So I don't know. Kevin O'Connell is an interesting guy, though. Because he was the quarterbacks coach for Kirk Cousins, and all these Vikings fans were like, "We got to figure out a way how to trade Kirk. We got to figure out a way how to trade Kirk." And they're about to get Kevin O'Connell, and reportedly might sign uh, Mike Pettin as defensive coordinator. Which, like, as a Packers fan, man, I'm just rubbing my belly. It's just Mike Pettin and Kirk Cousins gets to gets an extension. I love it. I, you love to hear it. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I, I wonder if. Harbaugh, like, did he try to, like, wrestle somebody in Vikings ownership or something? Like, what happened in this <laughs> the He gave somebody a noogie for sure. Like, yeah, there was definitely like, a noogie involved. Nine hours, and then all of a sudden it just fell apart. Like, we've heard the stories about what a competitive weirdo Jim Harbaugh is and, like, the small things he would do with players in, like, practice. Like, like even, like, he gets super competitive about playing catch or whatever. Like, it, it feels like something like that happened in this meeting where they're like, what What are you doing, Jim? What, what is going on right now? Like, he panicked <laughs> and, and did something weird, and they were just like, okay, we can't hire that guy. That's exactly how <laughs> it the, the other guy to watch, I would say, um, from all of this news, was that Matt Rule was interested in the Michigan job if uh, Harbaugh left Michigan. Matt Rule is just putting his name out there <laughs> every time. for that right college job. It, man, James Franklin looked like he was going to leave Penn State, and he was like, I'll take Penn State. I'll take Penn State, by the way. Um, it sounds like Auburn is about to uh, switch over coaching staffs right now because Brian Harson is going to end up getting canned there. So I don't know. Maybe Matt Rule uh, ends up taking that Auburn job. I will say, though, the funniest outcome of all of this would be recently hired offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo as interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I mean, what doesn't, uh, you know, inspire optimism like Ben McAdoo getting a second shot, right? 
Have we seen Ben McAdoo's haircut yet? Is he still going with the slick back look, or has he switched back to like the bowl cut that he had earlier in his career? There are only oh, two options. <laughs> in case you missed it, uh, Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady did announce his retirement earlier this week. So as of right now, Tom Brady's retired. He is not expected to play next season. That might change because we still think Tom Brady can play football. He still played at an exceptionally high level this season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I wouldn't be shocked if he changes his mind here in a couple of weeks. But I do want to talk to you guys a little bit about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving forward and kind of look at this thing through uh, a fantasy lens where, okay, Tom Brady's gone. You have no idea what your next move is at quarterback. Maybe it's Kyle Trask. Uh, Chris Godwin is probably going to be a free agent unless you work out some kind of long-term deal with him. You still got Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette's expected to be a free agent, but that offensive line should be shored up for a little bit, though Ryan Jensen might hit the free agent market. It seems like this is an offense that went from one of the most high-powered in the NFL the last two seasons, one of those offenses that you want to be a part of, to it might just kind of be Mike Evans next season because it doesn't sound like Gronk's coming back either. I think this is actually going to be like a primetime opportunity for Mike Evans. Um, I, I mean, just all over the place, this just eeks of opportunity for Mike Evans. We know what he can do um, with an efficient quarterback. Um, he's done a lot for fantasy in terms of uh, his his efficiency, his touchdown scoring. Um, but I think the like the the departure or the tentative departure of all these weapons, um, even if we're taking back some of that efficiency that you get when Tom Brady is your quarterback, I think we're going to make up for some of that uh, and perhaps a, a higher target volume. Uh, this could be a, a really great spot for Mike Evans. And I have a feeling because uh, it, it does. It feels like Mike Evans is just a value every single year. Um, it it seems like he has like real top 10 potential this season, even, even without all these superstars around him. If you're Tampa with, you know, Godwin's contract expiring, like you already said, uh, Ryan Jensen, Carlton Davis, Jordan Whitehead, like it's going to be tough to keep all these guys on the roster. If you're Tampa Bay, and you're looking at the quarterback situation, one, I don't think you have one on the roster, right? I don't think anyone expects Blaine Gabbert or even Kyle Trask, even though he was, you know, a second-round pick to start next season. Um, if you're in that situation, are, is this the team that, like, Jimmy Garoppolo goes to? And you just hope that he's, you know, Eli Manning just feeding wide receiver one, where, you know, Eli Manning's top wide receiver always had a ton of numbers, and that guy is, is Mike Evans. I mean, it's not like there's a robust – quarterback market right now so I, I would think that that's kind of your best option and lo- looping back to uh is quitting having a moment bruce arians yeah come on come on down man 69 <laughs> years old blake gabbard is your starting quarterback as it stands today it's time it's time for you to retire and uh give the franchise to uh byron leftwich that's the next shoe to drop i would be interested in seeing those Bruce Arians press conferences with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. Cause like we saw, you know, Kyle Shanahan always kind of subtly take jabs at Jimmy G 
But Bruce will just say it like he did it with Brady. Like he would just be like, yeah, Tom was terrible today. Like Bruce will just shred Jimmy Garoppolo in these postgame press conferences. I am curious to see that. Bruce isn't going through another rebuild, man. I, I know I know a coach who was on that Tampa roster when uh, Jameis threw the 30th pick. And the sideline was like, the sideline kind of thought it was funny, right? They're like, I can't believe an NFL quarterback just actually threw like a 30th interception in an NFL season. That's amazing. And Bruce was hot. Bruce was like, I can't believe this is on my resume, all that stuff. So I don't know, man. It's not like that system is easy to play in. I think that's why you have to go after a guy like a Carson Palmer or a Tom Brady, you know, guys with veteran experience to kind of make that offense click when it's not, you know, young Peyton Manning running the show or, you know, young, young Ben Roethlisberger running the show. I, I just I can't imagine Bruce wants to go through another rebuild at, at this stage in his career after he won a ring after he already retired one time like it's time to uh, set off in the sunset I'm just waiting for this to drop like post we have odds available on DraftKings Sportsbook because I kind of want to bet them now you Justice you Justice you like just convinced me full on um, that like maybe uh, you know Bruce Arians like throws in his resignation and then. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the TikTok where it's like, I'm just going to write on the back, me too. Like Gronk's just going to write me too on the back and slide it over to uh, the the Bucks leadership there and call it a day. Yeah, I I, I just don't see a scenario where Bruce Arias is coming back to Tampa Bay now. There's no way. He already said it, but he was just like, yeah, I'll be back. Unless Brady retires, so then we'll see what happens. That that was like the way Bruce kind of hinted at it. So I would be shocked if Bruce Arians winds up coming back. Uh, we'll obviously keep an eye on that. He's definitely like you know when the Saints they had the quarterback issues and they're like, yeah, we called Breeze and Rivers. I feel like that's the only thing keeping Bruce Arians, you know, gamefully employed at this point is like, let me let me call all these old guys. Like, what's <laughs> does Tony Romo really want to stay in the booth? And then once he gets a no from yeah. all those guys, he's like, all right. Sayonara. Have fun. Bruce is just going to be blowing up Andrew Luck this offseason. Like, Andrew, I'm going to quit unless you come out of retirement. Come play for me in Tampa. Let's get this thing done. Why would you do this to me, Andrew? Yeah. Why would you do this to me? But let, let's take a quick timeout, actually. And when we get back, we'll take a look at the uh, Chiefs and 49ers, two conference championship losers. We're going to take a look at their offseason outlook and we've got a fresh batch of super bowl nfl reacts polls to discuss that's coming up next hey this is scott galloway author professor entrepreneur and most importantly host of the prop g podcast we got a special series running on right now called the future of work where i answer all your questions on surprise the future of work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., as well as Kate Majuk of DK Nation. The Kansas City Chiefs fell apart in the AFC Championship game. Really, Patrick Mahomes, I guess, kind of fell apart. Um, it was the worst game of his career, maybe worst half of football of, of his career, and he just kind of imploded, and it cost the Chiefs a third straight Super Bowl berth. There's a lot of question marks this season quietly for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Um, they've got an opportunity here where the window on this championship roster that they've had the last three years is kind of closing. You'd expect them to get rid of pass rusher Frank Clark, linebacker Anthony Hitchens. I don't think Tyron Matthew is going to come back because he's going to want too much money. It's like a, a core chunk of that defense is probably going to move on for the Kansas City Chiefs. They also have to work out an extension for wide receiver Tyreek Hill, who's headed into the final year of his deal. They still got to figure out what they're going to do, whether it be in free agency, draft-wise, at that other wide receiver position, because the guys they have there just aren't an answer. This is a big, big offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs if they want to continue to be at the top of the AFC and try to keep winning Super Bowls here in the near future. They could free up a significant amount of money here. And I'm curious how you guys kind of view their outlook moving forward. Always similar to Aaron Rodgers in green Bay with Patrick Mahomes. He's going to give you a chance to win, but there's going to be a window here in the off season where they've really got to capitalize and make some big moves and hit on some draft picks to make sure that they stay atop the AFC. Um, I think the biggest thing with uh, Kansas city at this point is still, you know, tight end. I think tight end is the biggest position where, you know, they obviously can make the the biggest gains. You know, we're talking about wide receiver and how they, they spent all these picks on all these uh, fast guys and how, you know, guys like Miko Hardman aren't really doing that much for, for Patrick Mahomes. I really do think that teams, you know, treating Travis Kelsey like a wide receiver and them not having that actual like why tight end that can be kind of that. It doesn't need to be Gronkowski or Kittle. But that guy who can still like put his hand in the dirt and isn't just lining up at X, which is frankly what Travis Kelsey is doing all the time. I think that's where they can make the biggest gains. And I haven't really looked at the tight end market necessarily, but like look at what a guy like Mercedes Lewis did for what Aaron Rodgers was able to do. We saw we we saw basically similar type of career arcs between Rodgers and Mahomes, I think, at the end of you know the McCarthy era, where it was like him just running around in the backfield trying to make plays for himself. And a guy like Mercedes Lewis brings kind of the structure into the offense where you're like, no, this guy is going to block. He is going to block. So you need to play within structure. I think that's what Mahomes needs to kind of take that next step and kind of regain himself and put himself into that like MVP caliber where everyone's afraid of him, you know, in the playoffs where you're like, this guy can just rip off 35 points, you know, in a half. I mean, I think it was like unfortunate timing, right? Because we saw. Uh, we saw the Chiefs get off to a relatively slow start this season. We saw a um, a whole string of games with just turnover after turnover uh, from Patrick Mahomes, but we saw them put everything together beautifully, absolutely beautifully. Um, and I, 
kind of hate that this is the lasting memory of the 2021 season for these Chiefs because just the week prior, we got to see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen uh, go toe-to-toe. And I think that needs to be the storyline from the season. That game needs to be the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that we're talking about. Um, obviously, there was, a, like, you know, in the final two minutes, there are plenty of defensive lapses on both sides of the ball. But, you know, I, I think we're writing off that performance a little quickly. Uh, obviously, this was a key game. These are key moments. And uh, the unfortunate timing of these lapses from Patrick Mahomes and this letdown performance is, uh, it's. I mean, it's unfortunate timing. But I, I still am on, of the belief that the real story came the week prior. Uh, against the Bills. You can't convince me otherwise. But, I mean, gosh, this is a great, great year to go out and get a wide receiver. There are so many talented wide receivers on the market, um, even at tight end. I know, Justice, you said, um, you know, you want more of a, a blocking tight end. But there are a lot of really interesting guys about to hit the market, like uh, that are freak athletes who just never really found a good uh, spot in their respective systems. Like we've got David Njoku, OJ Howard, who I think both of those guys we've seen a lot of potential from, um, and they didn't really do a ton in uh, on their rookie deal to make them, you know, demand a very high contract um, this off season. So I think the chiefs have a ton of options, but I don't think they need to shake things up as much as uh, maybe we feel like they do after that letdown performance. Please go sign Allen Robinson or, or Michael Gallup. Those are my offseason wishes for the Kansas City. Have you seen Allen Robinson recently? I know he had a bad year and he did not look good. Trust me. He, he did it. That was the problem. Is uh, He didn't feel like year, playing football, guys. Yeah, I think he was totally disinterested in playing football for the Chicago Bears this year. Like, I think he just Do you guys know, like, got franchised. I don't know if anybody here is familiar with the office, but. Uh, if you remember when Michael Scott turned in his two week notice, um, he uh, turned in his two week notice, started drinking scotch in the middle of Splenda. Scotch was Splenda in the middle of the day. Um, tastes like Splenda, drinks like scotch. Uh, but like that, like his total, you know, last two weeks, he was a disinterested disaster. Um, and uh, that's what I'm going to liken it to. Uh, Alan Robinson was Michael Scott after giving his. Uh, his two week notice, he came out recently and said like Matt Nagy totally blew off his uh, exit interview. Um, and it sounds like that like really sat very poorly with Alan Robinson, which I get it. Cause you want to figure out, uh, am I supposed to be with this team? Are you, you know, looking to build this team with me in mind for the future? And he was totally blown off. I get why he's pissed. I get why he doesn't want to uh, put his body even more so on the line. Uh, I'm not saying it's right. You never want to give up on your team, but I a hundred percent get that. And I've a hundred percent been there. Uh, Cause sometimes you, have, if you have one foot out the door, that's, that's going to show. I hope for Alan Robinson's sake that he was just disinterested this year. And, you know, Trubisky said the same thing where, you know, he was preparing for, for, uh, you know, the exit interview and Nagy just doesn't show up at all. And it's, it's like, okay, all right. Um, I mean, A-Rob, I think up until last year, was a guy that not people were making excuses for, but like people wanted better for, where they're like, wow, what did you do 
to deserve Christian Hackenberg in college, go to the NFL, play for Blake Bortles and Chad Henney, and then go to your second team, and it's quarterbacked by, what, Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky for the majority of the time up until this year where, you know, the rotating cast of uh, Dalton and uh, Justin Fields are out there with, you know, Justin Fields not playing in, like, the correct offense for him. I hope for Allen Robinson's sake he can finally, you know, click with a good quarterback because he honestly hasn't seen that before. I mean, the best quarterback he's ever played with is probably Andy Dalton this year. Like, that's gross to think about. And, and we've still seen him be successful. Allen Robinson, yes. and he's a, he's a very talented wide receiver. I'm not giving up on him. I think he's an intelligent man, uh, and I think he's a very talented wide receiver. I think wherever he uh, gets his fresh start, kind of like OBJ getting his fresh start with the Rams. And um, I mean, OBJ, I think every single week we see him take on a little bit more the swagger for the team and and take on some of that identity. I think that's what Allen Robinson needs. He needs a change of scenery. Um, and I think he needs the opportunity to be the guy because that's what that's why he is disgruntled. He wants the ball. He wants to play good football. Um, and I think that like that kind of attitude, I'm I'm always down for because I think that's what's going to make a a good football player for him, um, but a like a better football player for whoever ends up signing him. And you know what? They're probably going to get him at a discount now because Allen Robinson didn't do himself any favors this year. So maybe it works out for all uh, everybody except Allen Robinson's bank account. Yeah, I, I still I still believe that A-Rob's got some juice left in him. And yeah, he should be affordable coming off of a terrible season for him. And, you know, Michael Gallup is kind of actually in a similar situation to what Allen Robinson was when he signed with the Bears coming off an ACL tear. So Michael Gallup's a young, talented wide receiver that we've seen spectacular things out of when he is healthy. If he comes back healthy, he could be another player that winds up being cost effective just because he's coming off of that injury. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers fell to the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game. This whole offseason is just about what are they going to do with Jimmy? Where are they going to offload Jimmy Garoppolo for the San Francisco 49ers team? Because headed into next year, you have to assume that Trey Lance is going to be their starting quarterback. And this team is set up right now to, you know, they've got some key free agents possible in their uh, secondary, but we all know what D'Amico Ryans has done with their secondary this season, so it's not like they couldn't use an upgrade there anyway. But this team, at least offensively, is set up to be a problem with George Kittle, D George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and now Elijah Mitchell. And everything that Trey Lance can do with his athleticism, we've seen his big arm when he's gotten opportunities to play this season. I'm going to be really high on the San Francisco 49ers going into next season, assuming they actually offload Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason and get that figured out. I think that's, I, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo seems like he's sort of said his goodbyes. Um, Kyle Shanahan uh, probably has like a candle lit in his office and, uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo's memory. Um, but you know what? Like they had a good run. It seems like both sides have acknowledged fully that he's, He's set to move on. It sounds like they are uh, both parties are going to work together, try to find a good trade partner. Um, and and that's that's totally fine. Uh, but I think you're right. The real storyline here is all of these pieces left over. Um, I mean, like Kyle Shanahan in general, there's been a lot of ups and downs. 
Uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs for like his draft pick selections. Um, I thought it was so funny. They were talking about uh, Elijah Mitchell and uh, on the broadcast for the NFC championship. And they mentioned like, man, they drafted this guy in the sixth round. He was, uh, you know, I can't remember what, I think the 11th running back taken off the board. And they totally neglected to mention the fact that one of those running backs taken before Elijah Mitchell was actually taken by the 49ers uh, and Kyle Shanahan uh, and everybody kind of whiffed on that one. But there's so many different playmakers at every single position here. I just think um, as long as the development of of Trey Lance, because we know he was uh, incredibly raw, plenty of turnover worthy plays when we've seen him touch the ball. Um, But we know there's a ton of upside and a ton of potential. So if they can uh, figure out how to best uh, develop him through this off season, I think they're going to be in a very dangerous spot. I mean, the run defense was stellar. Uh, They just need to, to keep putting all these pieces together and they're going to, they're going to be, you know, probably one of my favorites for Super Bowl 23, 2023. Yeah. I mean, for all the talk that we always have about, you know, these boy genius offensive coordinators and stuff, D'Amico Ryans is probably the closest thing that we have to that on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he's probably closest to like Brandon Staley level, uh, you know, schematics. Um, and I know Staley had a tough run defense this year. I, I think that has more to do with their players and his press conferences or whatever. If you want to go into the damn culture war of, you know, hashtag analytics or not analytics. I think the big thing with the Niners, they got to get better on the interior offensive line. Like in Tomlinson is going to be a free agent. Daniel Brunskill is not an NFL starter. Alex Mack is going downhill a little bit. Um, he, he got beat up by Kenny Clark a couple times, you know, throughout this season. So I, I think they got to get better there, but if you're looking at the offensive skill players, and then obviously I think, you know, the defense is going to be set. I mean, considering what they had at corner this year, I can't imagine it's going to end up being worse. So I'm just going to assume their defense is stocked. You look at their offense, Brandon Ayuk is finally out of the doghouse. Debo Samuel is, you know, in his prime. George Kittle is in his prime. You have Elijah Mitchell under a rookie contract. Like this is the time to strike if you're the Niners in terms of like your Super Bowl window until, you know, the fact that you traded all those picks for Trey Lance end up, you know, hurting you down the line. So now is the time to strike. I think you work, you try to fix that interior offensive line a little bit. Hopefully Trey Lance is a better quarterback than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of the production. And then your defense should pretty much uh, stay flat. I would say, which is a, you know, for them is a good thing. Um, Do we support uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in Carolina for interim head coach, Ben McAdoo? (laughs) I sure uh <laughs> I, I think that would be hard to watch but yeah let's make it happen It'd be better than Darnold. we uh we, we took the hit on the chin with the Darnold thing look we, we were pro Darnold for like the first month of the season he was leading the nfl in rushing touchdowns which is amazing looking back at it and uh now it, it's hard I would like to, to just say that I was fully out on Sam Darnold from the yeah. first conversation we had. I was very much on the sideline. You guys were um, an excellent support system for Sam Darnold, and I hope he can still look to you for a vote of confidence whenever he needs it in the future. But Sam should not look to me uh, literally ever because it's not going to happen. 
It's just when it went downhill, it went downhill so fast. <laughs> there was no fast. hill. It was just <laughs> a flat drop off. Uh, it's just, like coyote, it's just a nosedive off of a cliff. Yeah, coyote style, like where they drop the um, the anvil off of the like side of the cliff. That is what Sam Darnold was. Uh, there was no there was no hill involved. It was just 80, 180 degrees down into the earth. No, no parachute. Just total free yeah. fall. I mean, oh, it ended cool. up costing Joe Brady his dang job, you know, <laughs> mid-season mid Thursday yeah. of a bye week. Um, Got to go be a quarterback's coach now. For the Bills, which is a uh, a good job. Uh, I, I, what's his name? Uh, was it like Ken Dorsey? Was that the quarterback's coach yeah. for the Bills? And people were like, yeah, is he going to take the offensive coordinator job for the Giants or the Bills? And I'm sitting back thinking, like, this can't be an actual debate, right? I mean, if you're an offensive coordinator and you get to choose – between Daniel Jones or Josh Allen, I'm hitching my wagon to Josh Allen and I'm taking that straight to a head coaching job in like two to three years. Like this is not even a conversation on um, the giants hired chiefs quarterbacks coach, Mike Kafka is their new offensive coordinator. So chiefs fans are freaking out right now in case, uh, in case you got to worry about that giants offense turning into a powerhouse because of Mike Kafka. So that that's what we're dealing with right now in Chiefs Kingdom is freaking out about him leaving the franchise. Oh goodness. I've heard nice things about Kafka. He's apparently very smart, and that's kind of why he's stuck around in the league, even as a player. Um he, he wasn't the most talented guy coming out of Northwestern, but he seems like he's probably uh gonna be one of those guys who's catching up gigs. The big thing for the Chiefs, right, is if you lose Kafka in the quarterback room and then be enemy. I mean, the Packers are kind of dealing that with that right now with you know, Hackett took the uh, head coaching job in uh, Denver, and then their quarterbacks coach, Luke Getze, is now the play calling offense coordinator in Chicago. And you're like, well, now we got to like our offensive line coach is now our offensive coordinator, and we don't have a quarterbacks coach. So who the heck's going to talk to the quarterback? I feel like that's what Chiefs fans should worry about is losing the enemy and then just having no one who's ever talked to Patrick Mahomes in the facility outside of Andy Reid. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens there. We'll figure that out. Uh, yeah, Chiefs fans were kind of just assuming that Kafka was the OC and waiting if Eric Bieniemy ever got a head coaching job, but that still hasn't happened. So Eric Bieniemy still the offensive coordinator, and Mike Kafka decided to take another job. It's the way things go in the NFL when you don't have a lot of turnover. But wish Mike Kafka nothing but the best with the New York Giants. We do have to talk about this rumor, or I guess it's confirmed uh, from Jared Stillman of 102.5 The Game in Nashville, reported earlier this week that Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers purchased and is in the process of building a house in Franklin, Tennessee, a suburb of Nashville. Of course, you put something like that on Twitter, on social media, everybody's going to run with it and think that Aaron Rodgers is now headed to the Tennessee Titans this offseason. So what do we think if Aaron Rodgers does somehow end up with Mike Rabel in the Tennessee Titans? There's, it's not. Uh, it's it's certainly not. Uh, but I think, obviously, this would be great for any any offensive weapons involved. would be a super fun story. But probably not for Titans fans because the cap situation there uh, will not allow for for much because you're going to be paying Jimmy Garoppolo or you're going to be paying Ryan Tannehill a lot of money to be sitting as Aaron Rodgers backup. If that's the case, if you can't unload this contract. Fifty seven point four million dollars in dead cap on this contract for Ryan Tannehill. 
it can't happen. I think Aaron Rodgers is just buying a house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a millionaire athlete buying a house in Nashville just doesn't surprise me. I mean, he also has houses in California, too. And for some reason, people keep linking him to, you know, Denver and Pittsburgh and all these teams. Um, I can't imagine Tennessee is in the market for him just because of if Tannehill's contract was a different situation, maybe, I guess. Right. In terms of, all right, at least he likes Nashville enough that he has a house there. I mean, there, there's probably something to say about that. But in terms of the Titans, there's just no way that they can make it work. Um, I'm sorry, Titans fans. I, I know you have that uh, bad taste in your mouth after seeing your team lose, you know, after earning the one seed in the AFC with uh, Tannehill's performance. But you did give that guy $118 million. And this is what happens when you give that guy $118 million. You got to live with it. I don't know. Rogers to AJ Brown, healthy Derrick Henry. Maybe oh, Julio comes back and maybe Julio gets figured out whatever's been going on with his hamstring for the last two or three years this offseason. Uh, that's enticing. It's not going to happen, but it, it it's, is not fun. Happening. it's fun to think about. Um, I just want to see AJ Brown with anybody other than Ryan Tannehill, really. Um, Ryan Tannehill's done good things for AJ Brown so far, but AJ Brown's such a stud. I just want to see him with a good quarterback. But yeah, it's players buy houses in the offseason. Nashville's a, a nice city. If you've never been to Nashville, I think it's just Aaron Rodgers kind of expanding his property portfolio. I don't think there's much more to it than that. We do have uh, some NFL reacts polls that we want to get to as we are getting geared up for the Super Bowl a little bit. We're going to have plenty of coverage for you guys right here on the SB Nation NFL show all throughout the week next week leading up to the Super Bowl. But we wanted to get to some some quick reacts polls just to kind of get a head start with you. Uh, which Super Bowl team has the better defense going into next Sunday's contest? 77% say the Rams have a better defense. I totally agree with that. I think it's kind of hard to argue uh, when you've seen how dominant the Rams pass rush has been so far this postseason. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, no, no uh, argument here for me. It's really hard uh, when you have Aaron Donald in the mix there, but Let's not let's not uh, totally discredit the Bengals because I do think uh, their their defense has been very pleasantly surprising this season. Um, but I mean, you can't can't quite give them the card just yet. Yeah, the thing with Cincinnati is they're just like baseline solid across the board, and the the two big guys like when they're on are like Jesse Bates, right when he could get his hand on the ball, and then. Uh, Trey Hendrickson when he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting every, every time, you know, this guy's going to pass block, I'm just getting a pressure, which is what we saw in the second half against the chiefs. So those are the two guys that I think change that defense and make them from like a solid defense to like a really good defense for, you know, spurts of time. But the Rams just have entirely too many stars. I know cornerback opposite of Jalen Ramsey sometimes is a bit of an issue, but when uh, Weddle is playing sideline to sideline like he was playing last week, it's hard to stop him. I mean, I, I'm I'm shocked Weddle came off of the couch and can play like that. Like, why wasn't he playing for, for the past two years? 
he's got to just have an insane workout routine. Like, dude's just training year round, even though he's not playing anymore. That's the only explanation for being able to just step right into an NFL game and be able to play like he has. And now he's playing in a super. With no off season, no <laughs> yeah. conditioning. Like, just like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in NFL playoff shape. Like, hanging out. Like, goodness gracious, that's yeah. that's not normal, dude. Professionals need time to to do what you did. Yeah. That's that's psychotic behavior by Eric Weddle, but good for him making it to a Super Bowl. Uh, which Super Bowl team has the better head coach? 60% of the Reacts community says Sean McVay is the better head coach. So we've talked about Zach Taylor a lot throughout the season and our questions about whether or not he's actually a good head coach. I do think Sean McVay is a good head coach, but Sean McVay gets in his own way a lot of the times with his clock management with his uh, propensity to just get conservative for no reason. Um, so I think Sean McVay is the better head coach, but I feel like, what are we going to do if Zach Taylor wins a Super Bowl? <laughs> like we just got season, one. I mean, I mean, but we spent all season talking about how he's holding the Bengals back and they might just win a Super Bowl this year because it's been that kind of year. I mean, I think it just comes down to uh, what are we really like, I'm more inclined. Obviously, the the Bengals have put up an incredible performance. Um, they have just secured uh, just so much in the second half of the season. They've shown out. Um, but I think a lot of that was like, it's Joe Burrow. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put all of this on the coaching decisions of Zach Taylor. Uh, I, I'm more inclined to put a, a lot of where they're at and the success they've had on Joe Burrow and his ability to um, utilize the weapons around him very effectively. It, am I wrong there? Like I, it, why no, am I not giving it. Zach Taylor more credit? No, I need the 40% of people who voted for Zach Taylor to tell me what he does better than Sean McVay. Cause I don't, I don't understand. I know Sean McVay has his flaws. It's not like he's, you know, without flaw, I guess, but I don't think Zach Taylor's a good coach at all. I mean, the offense is totally divorced in terms of the under center run stuff in the in the past, uh, you know, empty and shotgun stuff. I don't really get it. I, I, I don't get the people who voted for Zach Taylor here. I feel like they just don't want to vote for McVay. And uh, Joe Burrow is, you know, going to end up making Zach Taylor a lot of money, frankly. Yeah, I, I think it does just come down to Joe Burrow just is not at all affected by the stage and pressure no, no matter which stage it is which is fantastic to watch for such a young nfl quarterback and that leads us to our next poll which super bowl quarterback would you prefer and i thought this one was actually shocking 69 percent of the audience said joe burrow over matthew stafford and you know matthew stafford has been really good this postseason he had some bad moments against the niners but for the most part, he, he's bounced back from his struggles late in the regular season to have a very nice playoffs and get them to a Super Bowl. And he's made a lot of big time throws. Joe Burrow's kind of the, the flashier name, I think, right now, which might have something to do with it. But I was shocked that that many people picked Joe Burrow over Matthew Stafford. I actually I'm I'm kind of with Joe Burrow here. Um, he's definitely the flashier name, but I it's not necessarily his flash that. Uh, makes me just inclined to play with them. It goes back to what I just said uh, in terms of what this team's success has come from. I think so much of that has been on the back of Joe Burrow. And I think 
sometimes the Rams have found success in spite of Matthew Stafford. Um, I, I think Matthew Stafford, he's had so many ups and downs uh, this, this entire season. Um, you know, I, I can't think of a player that went from like MVP to is this team going to even make the play? Like we went back and forth so many times uh, with is Matthew Stafford playing well or is he not? Um, I think the end of season answer was yes, but I think he played kind of inconsistently. Um, Joe Burrow, I think uh, he feels like the safer bet to me. He feels like the quarterback that um, I think he could win you the game, but I don't think he's going to lose you the game. And Matthew Stafford, I do think uh, has the potential to lose you the game. My big thing with Stafford is like, how much were those injuries impacting his on-field play? Because it seemed like a lot of his down games outside of that first Arizona game where he was just uncharacteristically missing passes seemed like that was more correlated to like his injuries and stuff like that. But obviously it's kind of hard to tell from an outsider's perspective on those type of things. I would go with Stafford just because I think when he was healthy, um, he was the best progression passer in the league this year. And, you know, but the, is the Rams... he healthy is the question. Cause I don't think he is. If I'm a, if I'm a Rams fan, I kind of wish I had uh, a healthy Joe Burrow to slot in there. I think it like, I think that's the issue here. You like Matthew Stafford is not the guy I trust here. I don't trust he's healthy either. I will say it is hard to vote for Stafford when you look at his resume and how many games he's lost, especially in big moments. And then you see Joe Burrow just getting drilled over and over and over, and it just not impacting him at all. I mean, this this Super Bowl should be fun. I, I'm really happy about these quarterback matchups. I'm happy Jimmy isn't playing. There isn't a Ryan Tannehill involved, things of that nature. So I, I'm happy we get to see two good quarterbacks in this game. But I, I would have voted for, for Stafford, but I understand the Burrow people. Also, like, Burrow could run for president at this point, right? Like, who has a higher approval rating? in America right now than Joe Burrow. I feel like everyone 10 out of 10 would recommend uh, for, for office. Yes. Yeah. He's even got the, the old school Twitter receipts. Like everybody started diving into his old tweets this week and it's just all like wholesome, agreeable things from Joe Burrow. Like there's just nothing you can find about Joe Burrow that you don't like. It's ridiculous. Baker's about to lose all of these sponsorships <laughs> to Joe Burrow. Tough scene, buddy. I would love to see the progressive commercials just be transferred to Joe Burrow, though, uh, and him maintaining like, uh, you know, Paul Brown Stadium. And uh, like, I think that's the next step for this. Entire... Baker's girlfriend. He's yeah. out there with Baker's girlfriend. Say yeah. mad. <laughs> out there talking smack about like Debbie and uh, all of their neighborhood friends um, pulling her daughter out of dance class. Like, that's where I want to see Joe Burrow uh, this offseason is obviously training for their next Super Bowl run, but I, I think it's got to be with with Progressive, please. Oh, he's going to make so much money this offseason, like Patrick Mahomes did after he won the Super Bowl and start making all the rounds, and then you see all the national endorsements and popping up on all these commercials. Joe Burrow's going to, yeah, he'll have his, uh, his State Farm type of endorsement before next season starts for sure. We do actually, we're not going to do a pick three this week just because it's the Pro Bowl and there's so much like volatility to what could actually happen at a Pro Bowl and it's a little impossible pr to predict. But if you guys do want to participate in some Pro Bowl DFS DraftKings, of course, 
does have a Pro Bowl contest you can get in over at DraftKings.com. If you're interested in placing some some bets at the DraftKings Sportsbook, you can, of course, do that. They've got some lines on the Pro Bowl. Uh, We've got a huge week of Super Bowl content coming up for you on the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, every single day next week, we we are loaded up doing all kinds of cool stuff for you guys. So make sure you're locked in right here for everything that we're doing Super Bowl week. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. You can subscribe and review on Spotify now, so please help us get up over there. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Justice at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We'll talk to you guys next week.